Welcome to the Annie Monday Podcast. My name is Colin Hemphill. And I'm Kayla Hemphill. On our show, we roll the virtual dice each week and must watch a randomly selected anime title. Thanks for joining us. Hi. Last week, we hit the random button on Crunchyroll, and the anime that we rolled is called Super Robot Wars Original Generation. Super Robot Wars is a series of tactical RPG video games that were produced by a company called Banpresto under Bandai Namco. They started as a spinoff of this weird video game series called Kampati Hero, uh, which is a crossover of Ultraman, Kamen Rider, and Gundam. There's a lot going on here. The series Super Robot Wars is itself a crossover <laughs> featuring original characters, but uh, lots of other characters uh, throughout the mech genre from shows such as Gundam, Getter Robo, Grindizer, Go Shogun, Full Metal Panic, Voltron, Gurren Lagann, Zoids, and Evangelion. There are really dozens of these. Uh, there's a lot of games in this series, so I only wrote, read a few. Uh, there are even characters from totally unrelated genres. So characters from Cran Shinchan, uh, Sergeant Frog, Idol Master, Little Witch Academia, Mega Man, Godzilla... And fully Cooly. What? <laughs> there is a there is a Super Robot Wars game that has Conti in it, and all of the uh, fully Cooly characters. I have a lot of questions, but we'll save that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Unfortunately, uh, this makes the games a complete licensing nightmare. Mm. So almost none of it makes its way over here, um, especially since there's not as much interest in those kinds of series and mech stuff in general. Uh, so Super Robot Wars Original Generation is uh, unique in the fact that it's actually 100% original characters, uh, which is why this is the only game that we got over here. <laughs> uh the original game was, uh, believe it or not, on the Game Boy Advance. It's kind of a tactical RPG, but also a lot of visual novel elements, so a lot of story stuff. And it came out in 2002, but the game didn't make it over into the States until four years later. Oof. So we're lagging way behind on Super Robot Wars. <laughs> the anime that we watched is a three-episode OVA, which uh, stands for Original Video Animation. It takes place after the events of the game. Uh, there were two games in that series, and this takes place after both of those. Uh, but they re later released a full-length anime series to cover the events of the games. Although the anime was created in 2005, it didn't make its way over to the States until 2015, 10 years later. Wow. So yeah, um, I would like to share one unrelated fact uh, okay. that I think you'll enjoy. In some of these games, uh, there will be interactions between... Uh, two different characters. One of them is Amuro Ray, which is a guy from the Gundam series, and Misato Katsuragi from Evangelion. Mm -hmm. Now, the voice actors who played both of those characters played Tuxedo Mask and Usagi, respectively. Yes! So, yes! When, <laughs> when their characters interact in Super Robot Wars, they're very flirty with each other for no real reason. Uh, other than as an in-joke about their Sailor Moon characters. That's amazing. So. That warms my heart to hear that. <laughs> there's uh, there's your Sailor Moon fact for the day. <laughs> uh, Kayla, would you like to give us a synopsis of the plot? Sure thing. The future is full of large robots that help defend the Earth against alien monsters. As the world prepares to see the latest model of robots intended for this purpose, tragedy strikes, and the robots attack humanity. 
The ATX team sets out to destroy these robots and discover the intention behind the sudden attack. Will they be victorious or will humanity be lost forever? One of the first things that I noticed about this series is that there are a whole lot of characters. Yeah, this is definitely an ensemble cast show. Overwhelmingly large number at some points. Mm -hmm. Um, With no knowledge of uh, the video game and kind of how all these characters came to be and what their story is, especially considering this is such a long-running series of games and this is kind of their first time with all original characters, uh, I found it pretty difficult to keep track of everyone. Yeah, we're talking upwards in double digits, a number of characters to keep track of, like main characters that you should know their names and personalities. It feels like these are people you would have been exposed to over a long period of time while Mm -hmm. playing a visual novel, basically, Mm -hmm. and uh, condensed into three episodes. Mm -hmm. This really feels like, uh, I guess, what it actually is, which is a wrap-up to kind of just introduce an anime version of... um, the continuation of the story. Yeah. So I felt that that was pretty difficult to to digest. Oh, yeah. I absolutely agree. It, it feels like they, they don't really tell you much about the characters or their relationships with each other, and they just kind of throw them at you. And you automatically feel like, I'm missing your entire backstory. And I'm sure you're very interesting, but I don't know anything about you, and I'm supposed to care. Yeah, I guess generally they were kind of the what you would consider the main characters broken into two teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, the you mentioned the ATX team, mm-hmm. and there's also the SRX team. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ATX team has Kyosuke, Exelon, and Bullet, mm-hmm. and then SRX team has Ryusei, Rai, and Aya. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there were some other characters in there, and I'm not sure where they came from, like uh, Lamia. Mm-hmm. Uh, was kind of an important character throughout the series, but I don't know where she came from. From what I read, she is a character in the games, and she comes up randomly throughout the games, so um, I don't think she's a crossover from anything in particular. So you mentioned it's it's sort of an ensemble cast. Um, It seems like in the game you had kind of two options, depending on which route you took Mm -hmm. um, in your choices in the visual novel. And whether you would kind of follow Ryusei or Kyosuke as the main character. Okay. Um, so, like, you would play as one as the playable character, and the protagonist would be the other one. Okay. Which is interesting. Mm-hmm. So, I guess you could pick between the ATX and the SRX teams when you play the game. Mm-hmm. So, I guess Kyosuke is sort of the main character in here, or would you say it was Ryusei? I'm not really sure. I think the reason... I, I would agree that he is sort of the main character, um, at least probably the most shown character. And I think the reason in part why you feel that is for the same reason that I did, which is he's kind of positioned himself into a leadership role with all the other pilots. Um, Something that he is often doing is uh, everyone's looking to him to make an answer. So questions just get directed at him, whether this was intentional or not. Um, It just seems like they kind of put focus on him. Yeah, agreed. Well, not really knowing how to to address these characters, um, because you're expected to know so much about them already, it feels like the short span of this three-episode series that we watched 
there was such a big focus on the action sequences mm -hmm. and any character development was kind of left to external sources. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. How did you feel about the character development and did you get anything out of these mm -hmm. characters or was it all just kind of flashy sequences to you? Uh, well, it definitely was a lot of flashy sequences. Uh, I think there were a couple of characters that I was kind of like, oh, I'd, I'd be interested to learn more about you, especially, like we said, the main character. Um, he had a lot of different types of relationships with all the different characters. It, and there would be lines in between him and other characters that alluded to outside information that I was like, oh, oh, I want to know what that is. What are you talking about? Yeah. Um, and even uh, we found out, like, his relationship with Exelon was not really explained in the show. Mm -hmm. And we had to look it up and be like, oh, well, that's, that's like, how and why they act the way that they do towards each other. Right. Uh, and with Exelon, um, something I have to say about her personality is something I don't see very often is she's very bubbly and flirty and, you know, just kind of high energy. Um, something that I think often is shown with that kind of character is that they're also really annoying. Right. Either their voice actor picks a voice that is kind of grating to listen to or they make it their purpose to annoy the other characters. And she didn't really seem to be that way. I think I would agree with that. I, I kind of noticed the same thing. Um, even from her very first introduction, mm -hmm. she came across really boisterous and, and uh, forthright, but mm -hmm. without being that kind of obnoxious character that you wish would really just not be in the show. Yeah, uh, she was endearing. And I, I actually found myself like looking for her and waiting for her to like engage and be a part of the show, um, I looked forward to seeing her when usually those characters don't appeal to me as much. Yeah. Excellent or excellent, depending <laughs> on the translation. Yeah. Our subtitle said excellent. And then when we were looking up information about her, it was excellent. So we're not sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's another character I think you definitely want to talk about. <laughs> well, it's the only one listed in my notes. Uh, are you talking about Masaki Ando? I am. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yes, I do want to talk about Masaki. Um, so Masaki comes in in the middle of the second episode, I believe. Mm -hmm. So he's not part of one of the main teams. In fact, I think he kind of comes in in the middle of a big fight, kind of like the Millennium Falcon swooping in to <laughs> take care of all the... Yes. Um, he's a super suave kind of guy with bright green hair. And uh, as soon as he comes in, his own theme music starts blaring and mm -hmm. it's real different than anything else you had heard up to that point. Mm -hmm. And uh, really like his design and his personality mm -hmm. and his ship and his abilities and everything about him is very different than everyone else in the show. Yeah, it made it it, it made it really clear that he feels like he does not belong in this particular universe. Yeah. Well, and from the little bit that we looked into Super Robot Wars, we knew that there were a lot of crossovers in the series, and we were like, oh, this guy has got to be from something else. Which was weird, because even with other characters that were crossover characters, they still felt like they belonged in this universe, and he was very strikingly obvious that he should not be in this show. Uh, the thing that I think we really like about Masaki <laughs> is that 
he has some helpers. Yes. Uh, who are in his ship with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, on either shoulder, he has uh, a cat. And uh, one is a black cat named Kuro, and one is a white cat named Shiro. Mm-hmm. And uh, they each pilot their own mechs. Guys, there are cats that have their own fighting robots. Why is this not its own show? <laughs> I want a show with cats operating fighting robots. That's all that I want now. The The idea, I think, is that he pilots the mech and then they each have a weapon that kind of detaches from the ship mm-hmm. and they fly those to go shoot the enemies. They also talk. Yeah, they're, they are speaking cats. Uh, they, from what I can read about him, they are considered familiars. Mm-hmm. Which... Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Which makes sense with his character, too, because right. we already mentioned, like, his kind of style of fighting and his methods don't line up with the rest of the characters. Yeah. The rest of the show is a very tech-driven kind of mech show. It's Mm -hmm. all about, like, the latest, greatest technology. Mm -hmm. This character fights with magic. Yeah. Which is crazy. Um, But still uses the robot. It's not like his personal... It's like magic infused with his robot. Yeah, his his mech in particular is called the Cybuster, and uh, he has a super move uh, that he used once in this show <laughs> called the Akashic Buster that was probably my favorite part of the show. <laughs> um, he basically draws like this huge hexagram in the air, and then he stabs it with his giant sword, and then it turns into this like burning phoenix that mm-hmm. erupts from his mech and goes and envelops the enemy and blows them up. Uh, yeah, it was weird and really different. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome was, cool. was the word you were looking for. <laughs> um, I actually thought that sudden insertion of magic into the universe was pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, the thing I noted was this is more of what I want to see. <laughs> You know, it's it's sort of like we've talked about um, with some of the other shows that we've watched that have also done these um, combinations of different genres. This felt like that same sort of thing, and I love that. And I, I, I basically at that point was like, this is all that I want to see. I want to see cats operating fighting robots, <laughs> and I want to see fighting robots have magic. Yeah, uh, I would watch that a lot. <laughs> or both. Cats with magic operating (laughs) fighting robots yeah uh any thoughts on kind of the story and the plot that we've seen yeah um i think something we just talked about was this felt super super rushed and i know that's because um you know they're just wrapping up a story that has already taken place but man three episodes was not long enough um they fly through everything and it it was kind of hard to track it sometimes because because there's so many people to follow and because there's so much information about this universe just even understanding like why are there two different kinds of space stations in this universe and where are all the alien monsters coming from and why are they attacking earth there's all these questions that i have if you're just going into this show and so it felt like they could have taken the time to explain some of those things, and that would have worked really well, but they didn't do that. They just kind of threw it at you, assumed you already knew, and carried on. It feels to me like um, the plot kind of falls between a few kind of generic tropes that you tend to see, mm-hmm. uh, especially in mech sort of genre. Um, you know, you've got the kind of rogue AI sort of plot underpinning the whole thing. Mm-hmm. 
You've got the well-meaning mad scientist who comes up with this crazy idea mm -hmm. and he thinks he's going to improve the world with it, but mm -hmm. it's actually, you know, killing a bunch of people. Mm -hmm. uh, kind of the the main underpinning plot is that this guy has developed the ODE system, mm -hmm. which uh, is basically sort of an AI that relies on human subjects to learn and adapt. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, those humans who are placed in the mechs die in the process. Yes. Uh, we kind of theorize that this is to make you, like, not feel bad about all of the people getting killed. Mm-hmm. Like because, when they have to destroy the robots. Yeah, because they're blowing up robots left and right of these new models, mm -hmm. and each one of them has a human in it. Yep. Uh, so, like, by the end of the show, you can probably estimate thousands of people have died throughout, throughout this whole series. Mm -hmm. But, of course, the, the main characters all come out fine, even though they get adapted into the system and mm -hmm. somehow they escape the whole thing. I mm -hmm. don't know. Yeah, and and it was kind of, it felt like they didn't really take any risks with it. And so they wanted to make sure you knew that the good guys were good and that they weren't just murdering people. And so when they do open up one of the robots, they're like, oh, once they're in there, they, they can't, you know, they're just dead. They can't be brought back. So yeah, until they do later. Yeah. Later in the show, they, they undermine that whole thing that they mm -hmm. built up uh, by one of the characters going into the mech, mm -hmm. uh, being adapted into the ODE system mm -hmm. and then coming out alive. Which, if you remember towards the end, they kind of showed her like. Uh, going through like a healing process, she did not look fully human. So it could be that we actually just don't know enough about her character to know if she is human. Maybe, possibly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think generally it could have gone some interesting places and maybe just because of the time constraints of these three episodes, it didn't really play out in any particularly interesting ways we kind of said how most of the show is one action sequence after another and mm -hmm. it's kind of just leading from one big robot war to the next yep uh what are your thoughts about the animation quality and the character designs and all the art and music i actually really like the animation yeah uh it's a throwback um to shows that i uh to an art style that i really used to enjoy when i was first getting into anime so it feels like those 80s mech shows, and I love it. Um, part of also what I like about it is that because it's a recent show, it has, you can tell it has the cleanness that is used with the new techniques that they use for anime. So when you're watching the action sequences, you don't lose um, information as you're watching it, you know, because... They're trying to draw, you know, these sequences in a very clear way, and that's hard. Um, it kind of switches between that 3D animation and sort of that hand-drawn look. And I thought it was done in a really well-done way, and to me it was really enjoyable. So I still got the nostalgic feel that, you know, if you grew up watching something like Gundam, you would definitely feel that from the show, but you get sort of the cleanness of a modern anime. Yeah, um... These shows are weird to me because this was produced in 2005 and it has all the trappings of an 80s cartoon, mm -hmm. like you mentioned, uh, including character designs. Like mm -hmm. they looked like they were ripped straight out of an 80s show. Absolutely. All um, those uh, all those jackets are yeah, amazing. The, the way the faces are drawn mm -hmm. and the way their body proportions are, it's all very reminiscent of that. 
mm-hmm. um, and the music as well. Yes. Um, to me, those transitions actually felt kind of jarring. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it could should kind of go one way or the other. Like mm-hmm. you, you rely on the the hand-drawn style and you stick to the aesthetic that you're going with Mm -hmm. or you modernize. Um, So to me, when there were 3D sequences, um, especially like some things that they they tend to do 3D in are like large sequences of, of mechs flying through the air. Yep. Those aren't always drawn in a way that really feels fluid or, Mm -hmm. um, realistic in any way uh so those scenes particularly felt pretty jarring to me mm-hmm. um i don't know it, it just it feels like it breaks the flow to me sure i guess for me uh <laughs> i think of like i'm not used to encountering robots very much and so to me it's already kind of a jarring thing to see it and so that natural disconnect between hey i'm having these encounters with these characters and i'm focusing in on them That's something that I'm like, okay, I see this hand-drawn thing. And because I often find that some of the 3D animation is not done well with human faces, um, it can be done really well with these shiny robots. So to me, it felt like, yeah, those were, you were kind of taking the best of both of those things. Whereas hand-drawn animation does better with people and 3D can do better with you know, uh, mechanical things. I'm I'm actually trying to think of a an example of an anime that has done that really well of mm-hmm. blending between a 2D style and a 3D style really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually having trouble with that <laughs> because I think it's so rarely done yeah, sure. flawlessly. Sure. Uh, but the strangest example I can think of is uh, a video game called Guilty Gear Exard. Okay. Which uh, is a 2D fighting game. Mm-hmm. So you always look at it from the side, but whenever they do special moves or something that would take you off screen, it, mm-hmm. it flips and you realize it's been 3D the whole time. Mm. Uh, and that transition is so seamless and perfect that um, you really are blown away every time you, you realize that the 2D parts are actually drawn in 3D. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if they had just just put a little bit more into the 3D parts, <laughs> maybe it would have it would have been uh, a little bit smoother for me. Sure, that's fair. You had talked earlier about the music um, and how, at least with one of the characters in particular, they had their own theme music. Yes. So for you, was there anything that really like stood out about the music in the show? Generally, I, I like 80s music and I like um, modern music that's kind of styled on um, 80s music, but mm-hmm. this particular genre that you kind of hear in mech shows a lot is, mm-hmm. isn't is my particular flavor of that. Um, it feels kind of like a uh, you took a heavy metal sort of 80s <laughs> style mm-hmm. and toned it back just a little bit. And um, one thing that you'll, you'll often hear with this style is that the vocalist uses a really kind of classical style of singing. Uh, like lots of vibrato and falsetto and really, you know, high. they'll, they'll go for the high notes <laughs> yep, for sure. Yep. Uh, some of that's okay, but um, to me it feels pretty cheesy mm-hmm. um, and not in the fun 80s way that I usually like. Sure. Uh, so it's not 100% my favorite. Mm-hmm. When uh, that character came in and his introduction had that music, it was the same sort of uh, heavy metal kind of style, but without the vocals and so i thought that that fit pretty well mm-hmm. um as opposed to the intro and outro music which just kind of felt 
a little bit cheesy to me. Sure. Sure, they didn't really branch out to make a statement with the show. Um, it sounded like, like you were saying, like every other kind of mech show soundtrack. In fact, uh, there were multiple times that we were listening to the music in the show or we were watching the show and, and heard the music mm-hmm. and we just couldn't shake the feeling that we had heard it somewhere. Yes. And I don't think we specifically had, but you uh, made a connection that <laughs> that I was like, that's right. That's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> it sounds like the... Uh, like menu music in Super <laughs> Smash Brothers. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. A hundred percent. It's like that kind of you're building up to the battle and mm-hmm. and it's this uh, orchestral kind of rolling score. Mm-hmm. Um, you heard a lot of that through this show. Yeah. All right. Any uh, general thoughts and likes and dislikes? Um, like we kind of talked about before, it feels like there's a huge chunk of the lore and the character backgrounds and everything that we're missing. And something I have to say about this show is I really think that if they were going to start an anime um, for this series of, you know, media that's out there, they should not have done it in a three episode wrap up to a video game. Yeah, I agree. Um, Overall, it it felt really convoluted because of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it was so reliant on your familiarity with the game that Mm -hmm. I couldn't really enjoy it the way I think I should have. Mm -hmm. Um, I could easily follow the plot. It wasn't like the plot was complicated. No. But keeping track of all the characters was really challenging, and Mm -hmm. I, I felt like I didn't get to know any of them. Which is a shame because it seems like so many of them could be interesting if I knew their stories. Uh, And furthermore, so much of the show was focused on the big robot battles Mm -hmm. that I definitely couldn't tell what was going on during those. Because if I couldn't tell the characters apart, Mm -hmm. I'm certainly not going to be able to tell the robots apart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it felt like they blasted through this series and it sort of feels like you have whiplash by the end of it because it starts off with like okay we're gonna take care of this thing on earth and fight these you know hordes of robots that are attacking these bases and then suddenly we're in space yeah at at like a space station or planet um i couldn't really tell what it was that we were going to and it felt like man if i just had if you had just taken the time to Give me a little bit of that information and make this more approachable for people who are maybe looking to get into this, you know, series of games is it it would have been, I think, in my opinion, a little bit better. So we we saw the entirety of the OVA. Yep. Um, and usually we wrap up by asking, would you watch more of this show? Mm-hmm. I think the logical question that we can answer here is um, would you watch the anime based on the the full-length anime based on the games that we saw uh, so the original generations mm-hmm. full-length series mm-hmm. I actually would yeah I would um, I, I know that I have been kind of harsh on this three episode series but I I do think there's a lot of potential for the characters none of them were pre- unlikable I just couldn't I couldn't follow any of them fast enough. Um, I don't have a lot of history with mech shows, so this is something that I think I've been wanting to get a little bit more into. 
And this was a show that felt approachable to me of like, I kind of like these characters. Seems like this is not too going into philosophy or (laughs) some of the weirder shows that are out there. (laughs) Looking at you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we'll get there. Uh, yeah. But um, you're yeah. lucky uh, Evangelion <laughs> is not on Crunchyroll. <laughs> I'd be waiting for the day that we rolled it. <laughs> it's just it's just hard to swallow. Uh, but this show, I feel like um, or the series, I feel like I could get behind. Um, maybe if I just knew more about the characters and more about the universe, I think I could be really interested in this. So, yeah, I think I might watch it. Uh, yeah, I feel like this is kind of the worst introduction to the sh- to uh, the whole series of games. Absolutely. Um, not even that it was, like, bad. It just, it's not a good way to get the ball rolling. That's um, no, not friendly to new people. Right. Uh, my experience with Mech is usually that uh, <laughs> Evangelion is kind of the first thing I saw. Oh, and everything since then has just been, like... I don't know about this. It's really just like a lot of exposition, but without all the philosophy and theology <laughs> and uh, weird garbage going on in the background. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so I've had trouble getting into other mech series in general. We have very different approaches yeah. to that show. <laughs> okay, we'll get to this later. Yeah. But <laughs> Kayla did not see Evangelion in the correct order. Uh. <laughs> um. So I'm going to say maybe okay. on this. Uh, I kind of feel the same way that, like, if I were to watch the, whatever it is, 24-episode mm-hmm. full-length series mm-hmm. that actually goes from the beginning of the original generation game one yeah. to the end, and it has a complete, like, story arc and mm-hmm. character developments, mm-hmm. I... I would be interested to at least see a couple episodes and see how do they approach this? Do yeah. they do they introduce characters in a way that makes sense and mm-hmm. and feels natural? Mm-hmm. And um, if is that something I could get behind? Sure. Uh, because I think they had some good opportunities with the characters and the way they presented, mm-hmm. um, and some of the details in the plot that might have gotten lost in that short span. Mm-hmm. Um, so. What I'm basically saying is if the green hair guy with the cats uh, <laughs> is in the full length series, mm-hmm. I will probably like it. What if they made an entire show just for him? I would watch that too. <laughs> yeah. So anyone listening out there, cats, robots, magic, all good things. Put them together. We'll watch it. <laughs> well, uh, I think that about does it for us. Yeah, this was fun. If you want to learn more about our show, you can visit our website at anamonday.moe. That's anamonday.moe. You can send us questions or comments to our email at podcast at anamonday.moe. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Our username is anamondaycast, and you can find links for that on our website. Thanks to Crunchyroll for the infinite repository of anime that you've provided and for the random button which provides those wonderful and wonderfully terrible results. You can follow along each week. Uh, We'll have the link to our current title on our website and social media. We recommend using the bundling service called Verve at vrv.co, which gives you access to Crunchyroll, Funimation, and lots of other great video services. Thanks also to C2A for providing the intro and outro music from uh, the Senpai EPs, which you can find on his Bandcamp uh, and other major streaming services. We saw uh, today that he put out a tab book for uh, the original Senpai EP, yeah, and it looks awesome. Yes, the uh, the tab book is actually like full of manga animation mm-hmm. drawings, and 
and stuff in the margins. It's really fun. It's really cute. Uh, so he was like doing a demo from the tab book of mm-hmm. the song that we use for the intro. So yeah. that was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find links to his music on our website and in our show notes. Are you ready to roll? I think so. <laughs> We've had a pretty interesting variety of shows lately, so I hope this uh, doesn't blow. <laughs> All right. Random button in three, two, one. Our show for this week is Fafner Exodus. And the first episode is called Visitor. I have no idea what this is. Um, I have heard of the show, but I can't say that I actually have any clue what it is. <laughs> well, all right. It'll be uh, an adventure for all of us. Hey, uh, the title of the first episode is One Word yeah, in English. I know. That was so much easier. <laughs> All right. uh, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you all for joining us this week. Yeah, we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week for episode 10. Woo! Yeah. (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye. I see you over there. (laughs) Too loud. Somehow I typed a mew. (laughs) It's another Mac. Is it really? Yep. (laughs) Yay.